0: Welcome to Vincent Price's Laugh. Buenas tardes, Albi.
1: Hola, oh, guapo.
0: Esta noche es una ligera salida de nuestro programa regular. Esta noche es nuestra city sobre la película de Kilometro 31. Sí. And that's all the Spanish I'm going to try tonight.
1: <laughs> okay, good. It's
0: not very good, is
1: it? <laughs> ¿Sí, 160 no emergencias ¿sí en que puedo ayudarle? Tuve un accidente. a 31 Ha habido incidentes La mayoría relacionados con mujeres jóvenes Te dije que no sabía si la amaba Me aman asustadas, malheridas A veces las reportan muertas ¡No, no! Su hermana ha entrado en estado de coma
0: No te vayas, por favor No puedes llevar a la carretera después de comer. En lugar del accidente. Algo muy raro está pasando ahí, niño. Porque ha habido tantos accidentes hoy. Hola, ¡Mama!
1: Yo nunca te voy a dejar. Nunca. está conmigo. Ella me necesita. Pronto todo va a terminar. We are talking about a Mexican movie tonight called
0: Kilometer 31, right? What's a kilometer?
1: It's a unit of measurement.
0: I wasn't really asking. Okay. I'll stop doing that one
1: too. So this film was a very big deal in Mexico. Did you know? Did you know?
0: I, thi- I think I did.
1: Okay. This is a, actually the first like mainstream horror movie that was made in Mexico in like over a decade.
0: Hmm. Well, all, all their other mainstream horror films, were they actually mainstream? Was Santo versus the Aztec mummy and whatever? Yeah, I don't was think so. Was that actually mainstream or were those just like fringe B movies? Yeah, probably Probably more I know they fringe. Have, they have cult followings. Those things,
1: right? What was the production company? Was it Filmax?
0: Yeah, Filmax has been around for a very long time. They're a production company that started as a distribution company, importing films into Spain,
1: like in the '80s or well before like that, high-
0: way like '50s and so on. Oh, that far but back! But they only got into production into the '80s, mid '80s. Ah, okay, they produced a bunch of stuff,
1: like just like Spanish or, or yeah, American it's, too.
0: It's Spanish and sometimes in English but they're like co-productions stuff like that like they did the last reanimator movie the third one yeah where the rat fights a penis (laughs) they did that one they did uh the movie called roma santa which is riding on the heels of that werewolf movie brotherhood of wolves the french one yeah okay It, it tried to look like that even though it wasn't that Oh okay. Just the marketing really looks very. Oh similar. okay, yeah, I see what you mean. So, but uh, yeah, Filmex is actually a pretty cool company.
1: So it would it totally makes sense that they would make this movie.
0: Yeah, it's also Spanish. Oh well,
1: yeah, okay. So we should clarify: if we say Spanish, we are meaning Spanish language made in Mexico. Yeah. Not from Spain. But, but Filmax
0: is a Spanish company. Right. Okay. In Spain. What? Yeah. So it's a Spanish-Mexican co-production.
1: Wow. So there, it's
0: all clear now. Okay. I don't have much more to say about film acts anyway I think they're pretty cool company <laughs> okay That's
1: all. all right well yeah this movie was huge in Mexico it made 10 million dollars which is a whole lot for a Mexican movie mm-hmm. it won three awards they they have their own version of the Academy Awards that they're called the Ariel Awards um, hmm. and or is
0: their statue a little mermaid
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> All right, so it won for best costume design, best sound, and best visual effects.
0: Hmm. I would think cinematography would be up there because this movie looks like a movie.
1: Yeah, it really does. It's very
0: cinematic, this movie. There's a... Okay, so any country, any company, there's a certain type of aesthetic that sometimes when you're making a horror movie, you never meet. You never meet the cinematic nature of things. Right. Like. Sci-fi channel. That kind of a budget. When they want to make a horror movie. Or sometimes Chiller. Lately, Chiller has been making very cinematic looking horror movies. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. But let's just pick on sci-fi for a second. (laughs) Sci-fi has a ton of horror movies that they just psh, hear. We're made in Canada. Psh, Asylum makes them. Some other thing makes them. They're all made and they're done dirt cheap. Right. And then they pick up a movie that was originally called Bloody Boy, Shallow Ground. Uh huh. That movie is cinematic. That movie blows most sci-fi movies out of the water. It's all visually interesting. There's, there's a range of depth within the camera lens and all that stuff that makes it cinematic.
1: And this movie's like that. Yes. It, it's really dark too. And what I mean by dark is like... Lighting? Yes. Which, uh, for some reason, that's my definition of like a, a good, a good cinematic horror movie is if it's like just everything's kind of bluish gray. And dark. And dark and you can't see
0: things. And yeah. There's fog
1: all over the place. I, yeah, I don't know why. Death. It's actually kind of annoying, but <laughs> <laughs> it makes it look real to me. Oh, okay. Thanks to the garage and the ring and all those things that are just like bleak and dreary looking. Which is surprising because this movie takes place in Mexico City.
0: Yeah, well below Mexico City. Just below Mexico City. and like. A- I don't, I don't know if they have suburbs or whatever, but in a mm-hmm. little townlet near, right. nearby.
1: Right, which, I mean, we're Americans. We, we don't really know a lot about Mexico and its geography. Like I said,
0: I have no idea if they have suburbs.
1: <laughs> right, uh, but you, you don't really imagine Mexico City as being... Like, I imagine it to be, like, very bright and full of life and color and you know big buildings big fun buildings or what this is but pretty
0: kind of like a mountainous area yeah like a mountain well high. yeah there there's mountains and mexico. there's fog and it's uh-huh. rainy right and people are dressed like it's not hot all the time yeah
1: well it's not once once you get into higher elevations in mexico it's, it's not that hot i mean like where we are right now we live in south texas i don't know if you guys know that but we are about what 10 minutes away from the mexican border yeah it's very flat here it's very hot it's hot as hot can be and humid yes. which makes it feel even hotter. <laughs> right, we're we're tropical and it's just flat. You know, there's if there were hills or mountains around. Here's some
0: perspective. You look at a map and you take a ruler and you line it up from where we are to Miami. It's a straight line.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's the same longitude. So it's right.
0: it's very Tropical. Yeah. Tropical heat. Kind of that saps your soul. Mm hmm. Go outside. You're, you're totally dry inside. Ah, what a dry day. You walk outside. One second. You're sweating. Yeah. Like, all your clothes are wet.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's very possible for Mexico City. To be long sleeves and and raining weather. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Higher elevations, as you say. Yeah. So the movie, I'm just going to do a summary real quick. Okay. A few people stumble upon a mystery, and the mystery is about a ghost on a highway. Yeah. And then they... And then they try to unravel this mystery, and there are casualties along the way, there are police involved, there are car crashes, there's rain, there's bleakness, and a sewer. Yes. And a river. Yes. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a clear synopsis, but it's what I'm going to give you (laughs) until Elby helps me unpack this thing. So, meat and potatoes. What is it?
1: Okay, so it's a story of two sisters. They are twins, and one of them in the beginning is involved in an accident.
0: On kilometers. 31. Yes. Kilometro yeah. 31.
1: It's like um, a mile marker here yes. in the States but it would be a kilometer marker, I guess.
0: So, yeah, why there? What's the big deal about this
1: well, kilometer 31? Yeah, there's some significance about something historic in this area. What the sewer is now used to be a river.
0: And the river is also along
1: the road. The road, yeah. Now, the, the river, the water plays a big part, and we'll get to that in a second, but... Two
0: sisters. One is in a car wreck. And put into a coma.
1: Right. And this is something that has happened along Kilometer 31 several times over the years. This time it just happens upon this one sister. She encounters a ghost or a monster or something. It hits this kid who's in the middle of the road. And she runs out of the car to check on the kid to see if he's, you know, alive or whatever. And then she gets hit by a truck. Right. So, so it's like yeah. the
0: kid is kind of a lure, it seems.
1: Right, right.
0: A lure into danger.
1: Which reminded me of The Grudge. Yes. The, the ju story.
0: Yeah. I was gonna mention that. Oh, okay. It's alright that you did, but I was gonna.
1: Okay. I stole your thunder. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she, the sister who's in the accident is in a coma because they had to amputate her legs.
0: Legless lady in a coma.
1: Yeah. And her twin is there to try to solve the mystery of why this keeps happening.
0: Yeah. Her twin, her boyfriend, her twin's boyfriend, and a cop. Yes.
1: This story, although it's not confusing, it feels confusing to talk about.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because there's, uh, <laughs> she goes there. And they do this and they do that wait but then this means this and that yeah means that. there's
1: a lot going on it's not hard to follow w- mm-hmm. when you're watching the film and it's not even like a, a language barrier problem or anything although we did need to watch it a few times just to yeah like fully
0: become really really acquainted with yeah it. we first saw this about two years after it came out mm-hmm. i got my hands on it and i was like this looks cool look and so we did right. and then we were like hey well we now got this podcast so talk
1: about this yeah so you know let's just talk about the confusing stuff like what? yeah go okay
0: because I mean it's part of the plot so okay this is on YouTube you can find it yes. on YouTube it's a weird version I think it's slowed down a little bit or sped up a little bit I forget but you should also really try to try to find the movie anywhere you can it's got English subtitles on the DVD uh-huh so you can watch the dang thing in English, or you know, practice your Spanish.
1: Yep, so what's difficult about it is, like we said, there's so much going on that you don't really know what the actual focus of the story is.
0: Yeah, you were saying that there's this thing with the sisters, they're uh-huh. kind of psychic, yeah. uh, so you were really invested in that part of that story uh-huh. while that was happening, and then they changed gears to.
1: Well, there's there's like love triangle stories. There's the big thing about the sisters is their mother died.
0: Their past history. Yes. Regarding their mother's death. Uh huh. And also their weird psychic connection. Right. The love triangle thing that you just said.
1: Uh-huh. There are ghosts. There's a nod to Mexican folklore. There's the detective story. Of... Hey, he's
0: a cop that's been trying to unravel this thing the whole right, time. Right, right. It's so like it's all like, these converging yeah. storylines, but uh-huh. you don't know which one to follow. You're saying. Right,
1: yeah. It's it's just kind of difficult for me. And like I said, they're not hard to understand.
0: It's just a really crowded movie. Yeah, exactly. Of subplots meeting to make the larger plot.
1: Right. You don't know what you care about the most Mm. so it kind of leaves you not caring about the bigger picture
0: Hmm. so the impact at the end i don't think i want to say what the end is
1: well there is the sequel being made yeah it's actually coming out this uh, year this year coming out in september september so um, very soon
0: if not already yeah. <laughs> Whenever this comes out.
1: In Mexico. It's being released in Mexico. Yeah. Like,
0: Hopefully we'll be able to see it here yeah, that would in be theaters. Really, that would be really really cool. We do get, we do get Mexican yeah. films sometimes. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool.
1: Let's, let's go more in depth with these things. The psychic link on the sisters, I mean, that's kind of...
0: Just because they're twins?
1: Just because they're twins, you know? And there's that, that whole thing of... It's, you know.
0: Just because they're twins, through a traumatic <laughs> yeah. experience or something?
1: Okay, so yeah, their, their mother dies, and, and we'll just say that there's a lot of guilt surrounding the mother's death. Yeah. They each have boyfriends, and at one point in their history, one boyfriend got the two sisters mixed up.
0: Oh, is
1: that that whole thing of like, I does guess, that actually happen ever?
0: Yeah, if they look identical. But I actually didn't realize that they he got them mixed up. I think yeah. he was saying that he wishes. He- She was the other one for some reason. That's what I understood. But I, you know what? I could be wrong. (laughs) I have been wrong many times before, but that's how I understood it. Well,
1: it could be either way, really. I took it as he thought that she was her sister, but then he realized quickly, but then he didn't care anymore and hmm. just went with it. Hmm. So that complicates things. And, okay, so there's also, like, jealousy and everything coming from the other boyfriend. like So it's the a little the other sister's the boyfriend, Yeah, yeah. It's
0: a bit soapy for English speaking, but still, it's done in a way, to me, visually. Everything is visually very cinematic. It mm-hmm. looks like it's a film or a yeah. movie. It doesn't look like it's a cardboard set TV show.
1: <laughs> right. So... One of the boyfriends gets questioned by the police because these accidents keep happening.
0: He supposedly hits a woman. Well, he does hit a woman, but she's already dead. And she was standing when he hit her, but yeah. she was so, like a puppeted dead person or something. Yeah, How that, she get, that makes sense, they, right? They, they yeah. don't explain it, but it's just one of those supernatural weird things that happens in this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what brings... The detective further into the story I mean, like he was there investigating the initial accident anyway this story of this road has been something that the detective has followed throughout his career he, for the, 20 years yeah right? yeah these spooky things keep happening these unexplained things and he has all these case files
0: missing people yeah missing people and accident
1: yeah so now here comes another supernatural part
0: when the two go and investigate and they meet that yeah. lady which yeah. is also confusing.
1: Right, there's a woman who lives in a cottage just just off of the road. Uh, they happen upon her cottage while they're looking around the woods. And she takes them in, starts explaining things to them. She tells them
0: the entire backstory of the ghost by the right. river.
1: Right. There's where we find out that her sister, who's in the coma, is... In a- limbo, right? Yeah, basically in limbo. Like, she's in between the the, uh, the world of the living and the world of the dead. So it becomes very spiritual at this point.
0: Souls in peril. Eventually, this all leads us down into the sewer, where some bad decisions are made based on bad information, meaning apparitions uh-huh. tricking the living
1: yeah there's a lot of like crazy surrealist looking um there's the
0: only big moment of CG even though there are little tiny moments with the ghost where there's a bunch of hands lifting up out of the sewer yeah pushing this ghost up uh-huh. and it's if you don't really stare at it too hard it looks awesome because it is still a lower budget yeah the CG isn't perfect or anything but just at this smattering of hands, like it's a king rat or something, <laughs> you know, like how a king rat is a is like a bunch of rats tied by the tail. They get in a knot. Yeah. And it's just this big bundle, and that's what I mean. <laughs> so this big bundle of arms. There's no bodies. It's just arms mm-hmm. pushing this body up. It's just very visually interesting.
1: It becomes very crazy. Yeah.
0: People do die at the end, or do they?
1: Now yeah, we talked about certain ghost elements to this film.
0: You said something about the grudge. Yes. How. The little boy ghost is like the grudge And I actually said that during the movie too Like Mm -hmm. this reminds me of the grudge Yeah, How he looks and all that stuff And the main lady ghost Also kind of looks like The grudge lady but a bit more ragged. Yeah. More waterlogged because there's a river involved. Right. So this seems to be like an international thing. There's, there's this type of story. Yeah. The Lady in White. That was a movie with Lucas Haas a long time ago uh-huh. when he was a child. And but even The Ring has a similar yeah. uh, appearing ghost. The Lady in Black type of mm-hmm. thing that just came out. Two versions of that. No, yeah. That movie in a sequel came out. So this, it's a trope in cinema. But they all are, like, a a legend, right?
1: Yeah, just about every culture has the story of the lady in white or the lady in black. And sometimes they're interchangeable.
0: And they're variations of the same themes, right?
1: And in Mexico, it is, like, the biggest superstition. Well, also
0: Southwest America. Right. It goes in...
1: Yeah, yeah. New Mexico, Texas, along the Rio Grande, pretty much. There are these stories, these legends. And what we're talking about is...
0: La Leyenda de la Llorona.
1: Touted as the most famous ghost in Texas, the banshee like wails of La Llorona can be heard all along the great Rio Bravo, calling out, as she frantically searches for the souls of her departed children. The legend of La Llorona is a story of uncertain origin. Many say the tale can be traced back to the 16th century when Mexico was still a Spanish colony. Conquistador Hernan Cortes marched through Mexico battling the native peoples and formally claiming the land for Spain in 1519. By his side was his translator and lover, La Malinche, otherwise known as Doña Marina. Marina was a Nahua woman whose role in Cortez's conquering of the Aztec nation is quite controversial. She is perceived as a traitor, aiding Cortez by translating for him, as well as eventually bearing him a son. During the Mexican Revolution, Marina gained a reputation as a traitor, portrayed in dramas and other works as a sly, deceitful temptress. If you've ever heard the Mexican term melanchismo, its origin is in la malinche, referring to those who betray their own cultural heritage in favor of foreign interests. Today, however, she is sometimes considered a nationalist hero, a feminist icon representing Mexico's indigenous past. Marina's story, as it relates to La Llorona, goes that when Cortez left Doña Marina for a high-born Spanish wife, pride and jealousy consumed her. In vengeance, Marina killed their child. But fortunately for the real-life son of Cortez and Marina, that wasn't actually the case. Martín Cortez lived well into his 70s most of the folklore of la llorona begins with a beautiful peasant girl who gets swept away by a handsome and wealthy member of the upper class there are a few variations of this story dynamic but the most widespread is this Charmed by the girl, who is almost always called Maria, the Hidalgo, or Spanish nobleman, begins a wondrous love affair with her, an affair that is kept secret from his dignified friends and family. The two have children together, and Maria raises them in a secluded casita, frequently visited by the loving father. However, one day the Hidalgo's parents force him to marry an elegant woman equal to to his station in life. He subsequently abandons Maria, and in a fit of jealous rage, she takes their children to the river and drowns them. Maria then realizes her horrible act, and throws herself into the river as well. Met with the question of her children's whereabouts at the entrance to heaven, She sadly replies that she does not know where they are. Maria is then refused entry beyond heaven's gates until she can find her children and bring them back with her. She is eternally doomed to walk the earth in search of her lost children, crying and wailing at the riverbanks. La Llorona is used as a story to warn children not to wander around after dark. The ghost is known to snatch up children thinking they are her own or in a more sinister telling, drowning them to use as replacements for her children in attempt to finally make it into heaven. Many generations have passed along stories of La Llorona and just about every person of Mexican heritage is familiar with her in one way or another.
0: So aside from this, awesome segment that you did. You did more research. You asked some friends. You asked your co-workers. Yeah. Because they've lived down here. Right. Since forever. Yeah. And they know more uh, locally at least. Right.
1: Well, first of all, I was in general just talking about this stuff and I was like, Mexican people really believe in ghosts. And they're like, yes. <laughs> it was like an astounding an yes. An emphatic yeah. yes. I was like that's that's kind of crazy and you know I was wondering like why I mean it's not that crazy like I don't think you're crazy if you believe in ghosts but as a culture well
0: day of the dead come on I don't know too much about day of the dead and I'm not talking about bubble the zombie or
1: anything <laughs> well a lot of people think that day of the dead is similar to Halloween just because they're pretty much right next to each other yeah and 31st and then the first and the second but it's not it's it's like kind of the opposite of Halloween it's more a celebration of your ancestors right. and you, you pay tribute to them right there's two days there's November 1st is El Dia de los Angelitos Okay. The little angels, the little babies. Ah. Okay. Yeah, and then November second is Dia de los Muertos, which is like kind of the adult. Okay. You're, you know, basically they encourage their ancestors to come back and communicate with them on that day, hmm. so they can like celebrate their life and pay tribute to them. Like what if that ancestor
0: is just a really annoying person?
1: Well, maybe you just don't call upon them.
0: But then you have to because come on, it's only one. <laughs> it's only one day. It's only one day. Yeah, I know, but he makes these weird noises. All the time. It just clicks.
1: <laughs> he talks like Jerry Lewis.
0: <laughs> but in Spanish.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think it comes from indigenous peoples. Of centuries ago the Aztecs the Incas the Mayans they all had their own belief system and then the Spanish came over and they brought Catholicism Mm -hmm. so it's like this uh, mixture of old Indian stuff plus saints and whatnot Mm -hmm. which I think makes them more superstitious as a people side note I read recently there was a study that I read that said like 39% of the Hispanic people interviewed for this study believed in the evil Evil
0: eye. Oh, the evil eye. The
1: evil eye.
0: Doesn't have anything to do with this movie. No,
1: it doesn't, but I find that so fascinating. Hmm. Something else I learned if you are looking at a baby, if you make eye contact, or if you're just like looking at a baby, you're supposed to touch them because you're giving them the evil eye by looking at them. I'm gonna tell you this this is hilarious.
0: <laughs> so long ago, I was in Lancaster, California, which is the high desert. There's nothing around, but my friend's dad had an office there. And across the street from the office, and the office kind of looked like a house. Across the street from the office, office was just a regular house Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a shabby house and there were two toddlers. One was a very young toddler Two and a half, Uh maybe. And he's toddling on the road. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this kid on the road? And his brother's on a bike or like a Razor scooter, maybe. Yeah. And I'm there with my friend. My friend goes over to the car and I just look at that little boy toddling on the road. And he looks at me and falls over.
1: (gasps) You cursed him!
0: Well, his brother rolls over to him and he's like, what's up? What's going on? And the little boy looks at me points at me and say he pushed me over
1: <laughs> you're like 30, and was 30 like, feet away from him
0: <laughs> i was about 15 feet or i wasn't close to him at all yeah but I was like, "How can I? No, I didn't push. I didn't touch him. I'm over here. I haven't moved. I'm by the car. Co- I'm by the trunk of a car. Co- this kid is. And I can't believe <laughs> how like this little kid's weird accusation sent me to this kind of defensive. No way, dude. And I'm still that way. Like, all right, I don't want to be around kids because I don't want them to accuse me of anything. <laughs> okay. So like, yeah, maybe I did accidentally hit him with the evil eye.
1: Maybe, maybe you did. You you should have run over and just tapped him on the head real quick.
0: Yeah, maybe. And then, maybe. yeah, not.
1: It, it extends even farther than that. One of our friends, she was modeling a necklace in her store. It was like one of those big like statement necklaces. And one of her coworkers was like looking at it because it's a big flashy necklace. And then her co-worker came over and was like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I need to touch this. So she put her hand on the necklace. She was like, I didn't want anything bad to happen. What? <laughs> yeah. So if you stare at anything or if you just like kind of look at stuff, you have to go touch it. So as far as La Llorona goes, I didn't have a lot of actual real accounts with her. My co-workers and friends, they didn't, they have, didn't have any stories. They didn't have any personal or stories. Or any of those
0: crazy YouTube clips. They didn't shoot any of those where it's just <laughs> a, like somebody's friend in a negligee running along, bobbling no, their head going, No, Whoa. no, no.
1: No, but it was definitely something that they were scared of when they were kids. It was definitely always a story that their grandmothers told them or their mothers told them. Don't go out alone at night or don't go wandering off near the river or come home before it gets dark because La Llorona will get you. One of my co-workers actually went as far as to carry around crosses with him when he and his brother would be going out at night or be walking home at night so that they would be protected from La Llorona. So it was a really big deal. So in all
0: of this research you asked some friends of ours did any of them come through?
1: Yes I have a few stories from our friend Francis. Shout out to Francis. Uh, her grandmother told her these stories of when she was growing up when her grandmother was growing up. She had told her of several encounters that she had when she was growing up with someone that they referred to as the white lady, basically meaning the lady in white, like it wasn't I, it just it, some it just, like, like
0: lady named Rhonda or something. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Hi honey, how you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> so basically she was a, a woman who was all in white and she would come up and look through her window at night and like scratch on the window screens and the kids would see her on the playground. She grew up in an area that is developed now but was more so just kind of ranch areas. I Dirt guess.
0: roads?
1: In one story, there was a lady who lived behind her house. She kept telling her mother that a white lady ghost would sit on top of her bed while she was sleeping. Nobody believed her. They were like, oh, you're just nuts. And then that lady ended up moving across the street because she was so scared. She was like, oh, I'll be safe if I move across the street. Huh. And then after that, she became sick for about a week on her deathbed, sort of sick, and then ended up dying. And that night that she died, their other neighbor saw a lady in white leave her house.
0: Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. Another white lady (laughs) with a casserole.
1: <laughs> no. There, there was another time that the circus had come to town, and they were all anxious to be going. So you know, the kids were really excited. And along the way, there was an empty lot, and an old lady in white just appeared.
0: Are you sure that wasn't just a carny?
1: They said that they were so engrossed, like talking about the circus, that they didn't really see her until she was all the way up to them. Hey, um, sweetheart, you forgot your tickets. <laughs> and she said that she kept trying to put her arms around them and like pull them back. Huh. And then one of the kids got away and ran up to, the, there was like a store nearby. And so he was like yelling and saying that the white lady took his brother. And then all the neighbors, all the adults came out with guns, like a posse. But then the lady had disappeared by that point.
0: they ever find the boy?
1: I hope so. So the police in the area started getting a lot of complaints about this lady in white. So it wasn't just Francis's grandmother and her family. It was pretty much the whole community. So one time the police, while they were on their, their regular patrol, at night they came across this lady walking in the road and she was very slender dressed in white the long dark hair they went up to her to see if she was lost maybe or if she needed a ride and she completely ignored them kept on walking because she didn't respond they drove up to where they were almost in front of her and she turned and looked at them and her eyes were glowing red red huh yeah crazy right
0: like a Byzantine red or what
1: no, like Demonic Red. Well, that's even worse. Yeah. And that's that's all the stories that I really had. I would love to hear more. I would love to hear some real accounts of La Llorona. So if you have any, please email us. It's Vincent laugh at gmail.com. I would love to read them. So Or tweet us. Vincent Price, LOL.
0: So, the La Llorona tale doesn't sound too dissimilar to a lot of these jilted women who kill their children through various reasons, be it revenge, mental illness, and so on.
1: Yeah, there are a few notable women in the past, what, 20 years? Even
0: longer? I mean, since I've been alive, at least.
1: Right. Susan Smith, of course. I think she's the most famous. There's another woman named Andrea Yates. Do you remember hearing about her? Mm -mm. Um, I
0: I can tell you, honestly, I don't know any murder lady's name. Ask me about serious killers that I might
1: know. Oh, okay. Well, Andrea Yates, she was a fundamentalist. Fundy? Yeah, she and her husband, they were the type of couple, they were like, we're gonna have as many children as possible. Oh, right, you know, okay. That kind of thing.
0: She drowned them in a lake?
1: No, she drowned them in their bathtub. She had mental illness. Anyway, and she had a lot of pressure from her husband and from her minister to have more children even though she didn't want to. And then she started to believe that she was not raising her kids properly. Huh. Um, like, they were going to go to hell because of her. Huh. So she decided to kill them all. One more, there was a lady named Bernadette Flores. And she's actually, like, if there was a real-life La Llorona, it probably would be her. She lived in Pilar, New Mexico, Ah. which was along the Rio Grande. Huh. When about was this? Early 2000s. Okay. Investigators discovered a woman laying face down in the river. Okay. Drowned herself. Yeah. They identified her, and then when they notified her mother, the mother was like, oh, but where are her children? Oh. So they went back and they looked and they found the two kids further down the river.
0: Ooh. Yeah. And what were the circumstances? <laughs> Jilted lover thing or just a crazy lady?
1: I think just a crazy lady, you know. It's
0: kind of a La Llorona thing. Yeah. Nah, the thing with La Llorona... The lore. How do they know that she was turned away from heaven? <laughs> That's the part of the story that we can't know. <laughs> we can know any other part of that story. Yeah. But that.
1: Well, I mean, why else would she be doomed to, to walk the earth forever?
0: And murder people? Nah. Uh-uh. I think God would be like, no, no. Also, you just can't murder people. You have to 80s movie this thing. <laughs> so you have to go down and try to find a way to find your children through an 80s movie supernatural comedy sort of means not murder (laughs) as a ghost she befriends a goth girl and the goth girl then does her own little investigation on this whole thing and then finds it somehow with the John Hughes twist cuz 80s okay
1: you you go ahead and write that
0: I don't want to I I mean I just did and it's not very good is it
1: well you know most La Llorona movies aren't very good there are more yes okay
0: well I know the first episode of Supernatural touched on this La Llorona thing
1: right there's that there's an episode of Grimm there's an episode of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. El Chavo, the Mexican TV show. Okay. Has a La Llorona in it. <laughs> There's a bunch of like crappy movies, I think. <laughs> like, it's one called Leyendas Macabras de la Colonia.
0: Macabre legends of colonial times.
1: Yeah, good job. Guess, um... In 1960, there was a movie called La Llorona. I've heard that it's terrible. Hmm. There's one in 1961 called The Curse of the Crying Woman. More recently, KM31, and also the movie Mama. Is oh, yeah. sort of a La Llorona story? Kind of, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That one's actually pretty good. Yeah, it was decent. There's a short story from Love and Rockets. Huh. So there's a lot of
0: La Llorona stuff is what you're saying.
1: Yes. Yes, it's actually a rather widespread story. More than I really had imagined. Yeah. I thought it was more of a niche.
0: I still don't think that stateside we know too much about La Llorona.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, like you said, we do have our Lady and White stories. I mean, every just about every town has their Lady and White ghost.
0: Did we not have a Lady and White in Tennessee when we lived there? We did.
1: It's not a uh, drowning children story, but it's a jilted lover story. Yeah, There's a... and she's in a white gown. Mm-hmm. I and think she, she because like, floats over the river.
0: White gowns were very popular in the olden times.
1: <laughs> so would you recommend to Uno?
0: Yes, I would. But as an English speaker, you might have to revisit it, like, immediately after you watch it type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Just to make sense of things that might be lost in translation. Or it just might be slightly clunky scripting.
1: Yeah, I think that's more so what it is. Yeah, Or a combination. So I think that does it for a Kilometer 31. Kilometro 31. <laughs> yeah, that's it for us tonight. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you later. Hasta luego. Hasta la pasta. Ateguacho, cucaracho.
0: Buenos noches, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Ouch My
1: Ego. Visit ouchmyego.com.
0: Hey, sweetheart, you forgot your tickets.